Eat, drink, smoke, so good to be with you. Tony Katz, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy, our first on location outside of Indianapolis Eat, Drink, Smoke. We are in Washington, D.C. right now as we speak. And where? The mecca of cigars in D.C., one of the places on the East Coast. This is Shelly's Back Room. Shelly's Back Room, you can find it at Shelly'sBackRoom.com, is one of those places that you must make pilgrimage. And it's because you can do cigars and bourbon and great food. And we start with the eat, right? We eat the fine food, we drink the fine bourbon, we smoke the fine cigars. And because they, they brought the food out so quickly, we have to start with the eat here. So they brought us out two things here at Shelly's Back Room, right? Both from their appetizer. We got the campfire wings, which are roasted. These are not fried wings at all. Uh, they season them. They've got a marinade on them. And it comes with uh, uh, Shelly's honey mustard, blue cheese, or ranch. Uh, they, they, we're going to get into that seasoning and what it is because we're tasting it for the very, very first time. And we also have some Tex-Mex uh, uh, egg rolls, grilled chicken, black beans, corn, onions, cheese, chilies, which not everybody puts in because they're afraid of the spice and afraid of things being sent back. Shelly's is not. Red pepper and cilantro served with an avocado sauce. Cilantro is God's way of saying everything's going to be okay. Cilantro is uh, my most favorite thing in the world. I, there are people who don't like it. How can you Well, it's eat? a thing. Like, it's like a 50-50 thing where it's your taste buds or some people think it tastes like soap. What are you talking about? It's like almost a genetic thing. Some people heard- are disposed. <laughs> They're dispositioned? Genetically disposed. Disposed? Did you want to say disposed? Because you did a terrible job of that. <laughs> I haven't had you gotta be into drink the in hours. And, and we don't have mic stands today, so you're holding the microphone. So you make sure you hold it uh, right up. I'm going to start with the egg roll. And yes, cilantro is everything. In Mexican food, it brightens it up. The flavor is is sensational. I'm taking a little bit of the avocado sauce right here. April's into a, a wing. Fingers, I think, is uh, is sexting. I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm trying to buy a timeshare. Ooh. Well, let me say that in all seriousness, when it comes to an egg roll, oh, that's spicy. Oh. Oh, that's not kidding. That is not kidding. <laughs> now, I will admit, full disclosure, I am such a wimp on heat. Such a wimp on heat is unbelievable. But when it comes to an egg roll, the key to all good egg rolls is not what's on the inside. It's what's on the outside. The egg roll wrapper itself, fried. We're not talking about a spring roll. We're talking about an egg roll. It has to be fried. Must have uh, the, that right consistency. Must have that right level. And this has it. This, the shell here is absolutely perfect. Now inside, unfortunately for me, I'm out. There's, it's not that it's not good. You can taste the black bean and that kind of earthy feel of the bean, but the spice is too much. That's too much spice for me. Always has been. I don't feel like there's any, like it's nothing for me. I admit that it's a total weakness on my part. I get that about myself. I can't do it. I need flavor, not heat. I need, I'll, I'll let fingers well, try one. Yeah. yeah, right? I think it has great flavor. I think it has great flavor. Now, what is the... I, I, that's an avocado sauce. Oh, right avocado. That's, that's, that's the, the devil. Shit. Nobody needs that. You don't like avocados? No. What is that? No. Have you ever tasted them? Yes. It To me, they're, it's just plain. There's nothing to it. There's no flavor to them. But this has stuff in it. There's cilantro in there. Now, the wing is perfect. A, a roasted wing, not a fried wing, which is how I like it. It's got a. It's not smoked. People sometimes think roasted is smoked wings. Those are two different things. Like mustard? No, I'm good. Um, this is not a smoked wing. It's roasted. So you have a bit of the burn, a bit of the crisp there. This is solid. Are oh, you telling me I'm, I'm a wimp for the? Yeah, egg? you are. I'm there's, totally a wimp. There's nothing there as far as. I mean, there's a little bit of heat to it, but it's it's not overwhelming. It's not overpowering. I, I think that most people, if you do like food with a little kick will love these egg rolls. I, I think they're fantastic now. But here I am uh, calling you out on the on the heat when it comes to these egg rolls. But I am totally uh, out when it comes to the avocado stuff. I, I just never been an avocado person. I don't even understand how that's possible. Avocados are so great. Anything, anything, anytime, anywhere. They are fantastic and spectacular. But it is one of those things you love or hate. There is no in the middle. Right. On the avocado. This is a really good wing. This is a nice way to do it because it's it, there. It's requiring you to have uh, a, a marinade and a flavor profile. 
uh, and when you when when you roast it, and you got to be able to roast it in a way that doesn't burn, still gives you a crispy skin, and still is uh, cooking the chicken inside. No, that is good, and it's a good size wing, which which is also there and bone. We we have discussed that boneless wings are bullcrap, right? Yeah, they're chicken yes. nuggets. Yeah, they're overpriced chicken nuggets. chicken nuggets. Yeah, they're total bullcrap. Boneless wings are ridiculous and can't be done. They have to be a bone in. So this is Shelly's back room, and we're gonna. We're gonna to get to more. We're gonna to get to the cigar, uh, which is one of my uh, one of the one of the great cigar rollers, uh, cigar brands out there, which is my father. But we'll get into which kind in a moment. We'll get into the bourbons as well. Why are we in D.C. for Eat, Drink, Smoke? Because we came out for CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, so as we're taping this, the vice president has already spoken. Uh, in in the next day, it will be the president, Donald Trump, who will be speaking uh, to to the crowd. When it comes to conservatives and it comes to politics, we, the three of us, this is how we met. Like April Fingers and I met because of, of the movement. We're all on the, on the political right. We would all consider ourselves conservatives. What we're not is pissed off about it. None of us have ever been. You know that there are angry conservatives out there. You know there are angry liberals out there. It's, 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 it's the absolute truth. None of us are angry. Though. None of us has actually ever been angry. Uh, 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 about it. Um, and so we've always come to these events, kind of see what's going on and see what the feel is. In, in It's been two days that we've been here and we've been on Radio Row. I've done both my shows here and Fingers Malloy uh, did his show and, and podcast from here and April D. Gregory. Uh, by the way, Fingers Malloy, Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. You can find his work. April D. Gregory, uh, you find uh, it's, it's the Smart Girl Politics a podcast. You can find that at Ricochet, ricochet.com. Um, so we've all done our work here. And this is my... Um, off the top takeaway, nobody's angry. This is, this is what it's like when, when people win. And I think for the political right, they're finally like, okay, we may have lost the House, but we're, we, we won and, and beat Hillary Clinton. And, and we've all settled into this idea that, yeah, Trump drives us crazy at times, but there's more to like than to not like. Like, that's the feeling I get. Everyone's just like, yeah, cool, what's going on? Hey, no, no animus, no grief, no anything. And we've been here at times where people are angry. And they're trying to move an agenda forward, and they're trying to make themselves a star, and all these things. I think the where the I saw the anger was not actually at the conference; it was uh, the peanut gallery outside of the conference. People who used to attend this conference, who for whatever reason have uh, they've decided that CPAC is not a thing anymore, uh, and a lot of it is rooted, in my uh, opinion, in jealousy. They they aren't being asked to speak. And they see the speaker list this year, and I'm, I'm just talking about our the the the, the right wing pundit blogger right. community. Uh, that's I mean, the only place where I see any anger inside the conference. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's it, if anything inside the conference, it's too mellow. Did you find it low key? Yeah, I found it pretty low key. All right, I, I will admit there isn't a level of hysteria. There isn't the theatrics that sometimes accompanies this. Now, this uh, on the left can be compared to Netroots, the Netroots conference uh, that, that they have, right? So CPAC is put to, on by the American Conservative Union. This is their big yearly gathering, and there are a lot of different meetings and, and events and speakers and all that. Um, and Netroots has, has theirs. That's, that's for uh, liberal causes. And there are people who... Listen, if, if this is behind the curtain, well, then hell, we're behind the curtain. There are people who get into their politics because they want the celebrity of it, right? They want to be seen. They want to be famous. We have all participated on what's known as Radio Row, right? So we're set up when we do our shows where people are walking by back and forth and where our guests can come. And so it's part of the sights and sounds. And you can see people who you see on TV and things like that. The amount of pitches, the amount of people who come and say, you should interview me, the, all oh. that kind of stuff. It's, it's really and truly an incredible sight. And some people are very, very rude about it. And they get upset when they're not interviewed because they think they're better than so-and-so or this one or that one. But they haven't done anything to try and promote themselves in that way or prove themselves to be helpful. And then sometimes, man, this is, this is life. Some people just hit. Some people just click and get the popularity. And that, that's the way... That's the way it goes. So there are those people who are like, oh, forget that. Forget those conservatives. They're not real conservatives because be, and it's because they sometimes don't get the love and sometimes because they, they simply disagree. But no, it's not here. The whole idea of angry conservative is something I've always despised. Uh, can't, can't stand it. And, I'm, and I admit that I started my, my own radio career as much more of a red meat guy. 
right? I, but I wasn't angry. I was trying to be passionate. It just didn't come out right. Mm-hmm. I had to teach myself how do you have a conversation engaged in passion without coming off like a prick? I mean, that's the thing to do. And, uh, you know, luckily, I, I think it's worked and worked well, and I think that's why people respond to it. I, yes, absolutely. I, the thing I noticed about this conference this year, too, um, I didn't see, and we're still, you know, it's Friday. And there's still another day. But like the characters that you would see, like the guy uh, walking around uh, as Uncle Sam or the guy walking around in his uh, uh, revolutionary war uniform with a fake musket. Didn't that see all happened. That. Oh, it did. You did see them. No, not today. Not not this week. I'm saying that has happened. Right. Uh, the only thing that I have seen uh, from previous years, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday on my show, outside of the uh, the conference, was this truck that goes around and really, in my opinion, makes the the pro life movement look, look terrible. Look terrible. It's a it's a. Have tr- you seen the truck, April? The abortion. Yes, truck. I'm familiar with the truck. So there's this, and it happens every year. And you want to talk about not getting a message across. And it's amazing. Abortion has become such a front and center subject. I'll give you one amazing story from my experience here at CPAC. In doing interviews, I happen to have uh, Ann McElhenney, who uh, created the movie Gosnell, which is about this abortionist, Kermit Gosnell, a mass murderer. It's an ugly story out of Philadelphia. And the real story is, never mind he's a mass murderer and he's in jail now. When this story went, when this whole thing went to trial, no one covered it. There was no media covering it. It's like they were so afraid of exposing an abortionist <laughs> that, that, they, that they were going to be you know, going against the whole pro-life narrative that they didn't cover the story, and that became the story. And that's a lot of what the movie's about. It's directed by Nick Searcy. He was in Justified, uh, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside uh, Ebbing, Missouri. Um, he's, he's a lot of great movies. Nick is, Nick is a wonderful cat. Uh, and... I'm, she's at the table, and all of a sudden comes early for his interview, Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, the inventor of the My Pillow. His whole story is is that he was a he was a drug addict, and he hit rock bottom and found his faith, and then rebuilt himself up, and then started My Pillow, and he's he's dedicated in that way, right? Not necessarily the way I do things, but in in that way. Well, there's this movie, and also happened to be about uh, a, a story about an, uh, a woman. Uh, thinking about an abortion. It's called Unplanned. And it was given an R rating to which the movie is infuriated because it means it's going to get a much smaller audience. They don't feel it should have gotten that R rating. Movies have gone through this before with with the Rating Bureau, the Motion Picture Association of America. Well, the movie was also having a little trouble being funded at the beginning. Mike Lindell put up the money to make this movie. So he comes early. He just sits down. So there is this moment (laughs) Where I've got the two people who have made these movies, they never met, just talking to each other on air. It was a pretty fantastic uh, kind of scene. It, it, it was great. So like that was like, like maybe one of the best memories I, I've, I've ever made here, where people were invested in the idea of culture and art and moving that forward in, in a way to tell stories that they think can impact and move the country. So when I talk about uh, a lot about you know not being angry. These are people who said... Uh, uh, there's a story to be told, but let's tell it in a way that's captivating to an audience and tells a story as opposed to kind of bangs you over the head with, with, with a message. Well, there's a positive spin to that R rating, and I don't know if you want to bring this up because this is actually part of your podcast, April, if you want to talk oh, so about we, what... On the Smart Girl Politics podcast, we interviewed um, Ashley Bratcher, who plays the, the, the star of the um, unplanned movie. So we are interviewing her. And she was just a very positive, um, you could tell when we were talking to her just how much she believed in the necessity of this movie and and the good it could do. But she said uh, when she was talking about the R rating that, you know, giving us an R rating, there's no drugs, there's no sex, there's the only thing they can give an R rating for is violence. And so that's kind of admitting abortion is violence. (laughs) Oh, that's a heavy way to look at it. That's a heavy way. I mean, that that's a point for the, for the for the wonk crowd, but not for the crowd that's not going to be able to see the movie. Not for you know uh, younger people who you want to see the film. Well, not they, for the families that you want to see it together. That's the that's the problem. I mean, it's a, that's a nice spin. And the other, and I don't think she's wrong in that regard. The other part of that spin too, which is fascinating, is a fifteen-year-old can go with a judge's permission and get an abortion in some states, and yet is not able to see an R-rated movie 
Yeah, Mike Lindell made that exact point. I mean, that, that is true. And it is, it's, it's creepy. Listen, uh, uh, this is not a, no, no one here is, is lecturing uh, to you, right? Um, I, I'm a pro-life guy, and I've, I've always been clear about that. But I'm not getting into the conversation when life begins or anything else. But this is about the, you know, you can't deny that it's odd that you could get an abortion, but you can't see a movie. That is a very peculiar mindset that we should ask ourselves whether or not that one has, has any value. So there's been a lot of culture stuff going on uh, the past couple of days, which I do love, and it has not been angry at all. But you're absolutely right, and there's no doubt. I mean, if we're letting people in behind the curtain, as I said, I'm cool with that. There are some people who are just like in the political left. I believe Bill Maher is one of these people. In it for the money. Right. No doubt in it for the money. Did you hear Bill Maher talking about the Midwest? Uh, Shep Boyardee? Yes. Bill Maher talking about the Midwest and saying that the issue with the Midwest is that they don't hate us. They want to be us. Like somehow, if you live in the middle of the country, you're jealous of of the coasts. And one of the things he said um, is... um, we have solar panels on our roofs uh, in, on the coast. In the Midwest, uh, they still have last year's Christmas lights. And the answer is, of course, we have last year's Christmas lights. We're the ones who believe in God. <laughs> why, why in the world would you have a Christmas light? What, do, what are you celebrating? Whose birth do you think you're... I'm Jewish, and I, and I, and I have last year's Christmas lights up. What do you, so he's... You're a Jew. Oh, I'm not a Jew. I'm the Jew, I believe, is what you said <laughs> the last time we spoke about my religion. Uh, it, it's it's he he's clearly full of crap. He's full of crap. This was such low hanging fruit for Bill Maher, B- and and Bill Maher can't accept the fact that nobody is tuning into HBO for him. He's on a network that doesn't require ratings. He's on a network uh, that doesn't require sponsors, and everybody is getting it so they can watch Game of Thrones. And he is the afterthought. He is the little brother that you have to drag along to the party. Except in markets where the decision is made. Uh, by, by, by people to uh, air that show. I think people in New York, people in L.A. watch Bill Maher, but the rest of the country, I, I'm not, Oh, Oh, do I'm, people watch it? Yes, but no one gets HBO for it. Right. No, but people do watch it, and they watch it on the coast, and then they sit and they laugh. Oh, yeah, those people in the Midwest. <laughs> like, we're all, we're all there. We're all in Indianapolis and the Indianapolis area. Does anybody give a good holy damn about Bill Maher? When's the last time April, like, Bill Maher, break me off a piece of that. I mean, he's no Tom Brady. That's what you're asking me. <laughs> How does everything go back to Tom Brady? Stop thinking he's attractive. That's better. Okay. Matthew McConaughey I can live with. Tom Brady is not attractive. Say it with me. Tom Brady. Say it with I me, April. Say that. I Tom Brady. Say, this. say it. Try it again. I'm not going to. Tom Brady is not attractive. Tom Brady. I cheats. cannot say this. Tom Brady. But I can't say ED. I don't know anybody that watches Bill Maurer. No, Bill no. Maurer. I Maurer. can't stand Bill Maurer. No, no, no. him or Bill Maurer. <laughs> See, I can't even say his name. I can't say anything. But that, that's actually. that's the point. He, it's talk about some outsized belief in oneself. This is just it, and this is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that we do talk about at CPAC, and we mock. It's a complete and total misunderstanding of whole swaths of people. You know what he said about the Midwest? There are no symphonies. <laughs> There's no museums. I go to the symphony. I go to the museum. It's, in, it's criminally daft. To say that is to show a level of ignorance so great is to so think yourself superior. And he's a, he was at one point a touring comic, a nightclub comic. He would be going from state to state to the Chuckle Hut in Cincinnati, and I'm going to be at the Laugh Factory in Oklahoma City. He, should, he knows better. I am convinced that Bill Maher secretly has tremendous amounts of anger and envy. Because he is the guy who invented the comic doing politics. He's the guy who did Politically Incorrect back in the day on ABC. He's the guy who put the panel together and engaged in the jokes and built the conversations. He was the one who saw himself as the, as, as the comic of the people and teaching the people. And everybody knows that man's name today as John Stewart. Yeah. He got just... Overlooked and passed over by a guy who really knew how to do it, even if I disagree with his politics, and no one remembers Bill Maher today. And I think that eats at him. I think that's the story. He is the afterthought in two different realms. The realm he created, he did not perfect. And in, on, on HBO, he's, he is the dingleberry that is left after you eat the burrito. That's all he is. 
all he is. We are at Shelly's back room. This is so great. We're going to get into the cigars. We're going to talk uh, with Bob, who owns the place. We're going to talk about the story of Shelly's back room, how the second room on Shelly's back room came to be, and then we're going to get to the bourbon as well. Now, if you're not subscribing to Eat, Drink, Smoke, you got to get over to iTunes. iTunes, five-star review on Eat, Drink, Smoke, and make sure you subscribe. You can also find it on Stitcher. You can also find it on Google Play, and uh, you can find everything at TonyCats.com. If you've had problems with the website, I've had problems with the website. I'm working through that uh, right now. Uh, the answer, Tony, is spend more money. Maybe if you weren't such a cheap bastard, the website would work. So this is what I've decided to do. So basically, I mortgaged the house, and we're going we're gonna to fix the website. But everything's working great on iTunes. So go to iTunes. Five, why are you laughing at me, April? Five-star review for Eat, Drink, Smoke on iTunes. Eat, drink, smoke. Yes, that is yours there, Bob. We're at Shelly's. We're at Shelly's back room. Uh, the, the absolutely world-famous Shelly's back room, and we're getting served the bourbon uh, right now. Tony Katz, along with April D. Gregory, who is lighting her cigar, and Fingers Malloy, and Bob, Bob, give me your last name. Matarazzi. See, I thought I'd have it right, but I didn't. Bob owns Shelly's back room. Uh, back in 2000, you bought the place. I did. And it's funny, Matarazzi is the plural of mattresses in Italian, which means my ancestors were either great lovers or they made mattresses. Uh, let's say great lovers, because who, <laughs> who am I to tell you that, that, that you aren't? So you've had the place uh, since, since 2000, and Shelley's is a legend in Washington, D.C. In a town that's all about rules and regulations, you're still a place where you can come, you can have a cigar, you can have a bourbon, you can have yourself some great food. We tried the, the wings, which were terrific, and the Tex-Mex egg rolls, too hot for me. But I like the fact that you put chilies in there, because what you're telling guys like me is, learn how to grow a pair. That's basically what we're getting at right here. So, so talk to me about uh, the place and what it... What Shelley's is to D.C. and, and, and kind of who comes here and, and, and why do they come here? Uh, I'd like to think that, uh, that our demographic is uh, uh, 30 to 50, all right, businessmen, uh, law enforcement, military. Uh, weekend, we get some tourists. But for the most part, uh, we get cigar aficionados who come here and want to have some good conversation and political banter and can relax in a environment where they can smoke a good cigar and and not be asphyxiated by the smoke right you've got so one of the important things about a cigar lounge when you're checking it is the smoke eaters right how does the smoke deal in the room you're going to go home smelling like a cigar right there's just really no way to avoid that right but like what are the what does the room look like if it's overly smoky it's it is a less enjoyable experience it is and and uh I think our customers, you know, appreciate the fact that we put a lot of time and effort into keeping the air clean. I contend that on a hot summer day, the air is cleaner in here than it is out on on F Street. <laughs> That's a DC joke, and There's it's a lot good. Of things cleaner in here than there. <laughs> That's the swamp right there. April does not realize she doesn't have her microphone on. Wow. She doesn't even know. She hasn't even had a bourbon yet. She has no idea that she wasn't holding the microphone. She's just talking. I'm and not assuming used to having to hold. Microphone. You're, you're, you're absolutely the best. Uh, so let's get back to, to, to what Shelley's is. It is that kind of person, but anybody can come here. You're not. You, That's correct. Right? We, we, don't, we don't view ourselves as upscale. Uh, casually elegant might, might be a, a good. That's how we describe Fingers Malloy. Yeah, Look at him. Look at him. That is the finest clothing that Harley Davidson has. Casually elegant. And I ironed it with a hot rock today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. Uh, you can come in here in a pair of jeans, and, and by the same token, if you look around, a lot of guys come in in suits. So we, we, we kind of cater to, to all levels of, of the socioeconomic ladder. I want to get into a question about cigars with you, because part of what we do on the podcast, right? So we review cigars, not as experts, but people who enjoy and, and are learning. Same thing with, with the bourbon. In the bourbon, we've got Buffalo Trace. And we have got um, a Woodford. Is this a Woodford Reserve? This is or is this the Knob Creek? Knob Creek. This is our, our, own, our own bourbon. You okay. know, we went down to Kentucky, went into the, uh, the Knob Creek warehouse. We spent three days there. We tested about maybe eight or nine barrels, and we picked this one out. 
And what they did is they uh, they then took the barrel, bottled it. We have the barrel in the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a single-source, single-batch bourbon that, that, that is specifically for Shelley's. And and on uh, so so this is the bourbon we're going to get to this in a second, but I want to just on on the on the cigar conversation, right? Um, this is a town, of course, known for politics, and cigars are politics. There's a lot of conversation about the FDA uh, trying to further regulate cigars, and there's this this horrible misconception that that's just affecting some big corporate muckety muck somewhere. No, if the FDA messes with cigars, they're messing with you as the owner. Of, of a place like Shelley's. Yeah, Tony, I, I would say that, I mean, we're going we're gonna to sell cigars no matter what happens, okay? I think with the FDA regulations, who you're going to mess with is the small uh, specialized cigar makers uh, because they're not going to be able to afford to, to spend the money to follow the regulations necessary uh, to, to make the FDA happy. And what will happen is they'll get swallowed up by, by, the, by the big guys. And I, I contend that no matter what comes down the pike, whether they do excise tax or whatever, uh, you know, we're still going to get cigar smokers and we'll still sell our cigars. And obviously, if the price of the cigar goes up, you know, we're going to have to reflect that somewhat in, in, in our selling price. But I don't think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut back on our business uh, as much as some other things that, that are happening nationwide, like $15 minimum wage. I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. Oh, no, no, you're in the right place to do that. Bob, listen, I, I'm one of the people who absolutely believes that it's going to have an effect and a massive ripple effect in those smaller places closing, affect those more local communities where the cigar lounge may be a much more intimate uh, kind of affair. But we want to get into this right now with the bourbon. And this is the Knob Creek yes. single yeah. barrel. We're going to start this, with this. This You're going to find when you when you try this, it's it's. Uh, oh, sorry. Normally they take. I didn't have the microphone in front of me. Normally See the importance. They take the bourbon from the barrel. They send it over to the distillery. They add water to it. They get it down to about eighty to eighty-five proof, and then they uh, they they send it to the retail stores and and to the suppliers, bars, restaurants, etc. This comes right out of the barrel, so it's somewhere around one hundred and five, hundred and six proof, something like that. And you're going to find when when you try it, it's got a really smooth flavor. Is that maple? Yes, yes, yes. That is maple as can be. You're going you're to get a nice smooth flavor, but a strong finish because once you've consumed the bourbon, you're going to feel that that high alcoholic content come come back up. Bob, we're going to catch up with you in a little bit. Sure. We're going to excuse you out while we. Engage the bourbon. That's Bob right there. This is Shelly's back room where we are doing eat, drink, smoke. Let it. We'll, we'll, we were going to start with the cigar. And I cannot wait to get to it, but we'll get to it in a second. But first, this is it. Knob Creek single barrel. This is made just for Shelly's back room right here. Um, the bottle here says 120 proof. By the way, hold on. Let's. All right. I'm checking out April D. Gregory. Let's see if she gets the shakes. She's doing the Memphis Munch right now. That so. is the Kentucky Chew. That is the okay. Kentucky Chew. Oh. Oh, April. I like how I always have to go first. You know? Right. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, if you live, you're the royal taster. Right. Uh, okay, that plays. Hold on. Second swip is always the best, I think. Ah. Ah. Ha. Oh, that is right on the tongue. That is dancing on the tongue. There right are ice there. chips, yes. Oh, my gosh. I was right about the sweet, though. I'm right about the maple. I'm dead on. You're right about, about the everything. maple. Right there. Oh, that's delightful. You? Yes. See, you guys are on, you guys blow my mind. Blow my mind. I, it's amazing how different we are in palates because that was so intense on on the front of my tongue. It is uh, painfully intense on the on the front of my tongue, and then you come out there, fingers like, oh, well, excuse me, while I bathe in this. <laughs> no, that is. That has got some hit, but it is it is it's fine meat. It's not always fine meat. Well, we're gonna get to a cube in a second, but that is smooth. It, there is no burn on the on the back of the throat at all. But man, does that hit the front of the tongue like a mother? You know what it reminds me of, and it has nothing to do with uh, liquor. Is it hits you a little bit like the Saint Elmo's cocktail sauce? It's got. Uh, 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 it doesn't taste anything like horseradish or anything. What I'm saying is, 
when when you when you when you take a sip of it, it goes right to the nose. Right. It goes right to the and it punches you in the face. St. Elmo's is a famous steakhouse in Indianapolis, and they're famous actually for their shrimp cocktail. It's a cocktail sauce that they make by hand with a tremendous amount of fresh horseradish, and the first bite knocks you out, and then the second bite is just this delight, delightful uh, flavor profile. I just put a cube in here. April, you're right with the cube. Um, I haven't tried it yet. I've got three ice chips. And just like that, the buzz is gone. Oh, wow. No, it's still there. It's mapley. There's a touch of smoky going on with this, which we don't always get with, with, with bourbons. Oh, that's fine. And literally no burn on the throat. That's amazing. And what, what, what's the proof again? 120? 120. There is no burn. <laughs> you could get in some serious trouble with this. 60% Not an alcohol. ounce on the back of the throat. That's incredible stuff. Not that's, to be mixed with uh, Crystal Pepsi. No. No, 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 no. This, but this, you can do neat. You can do neat and enjoy this. Uh, you need an ice chip? Yes, please. While you're getting an ice chip, uh, I want to talk about uh, the president leaving the summit in Vietnam. Looking at Kim Jong-un, who, he, the, the North Korean dictator, right? And, and I don't want to get into the politics of the thing, but just as an idea, they had their second summit. The North Koreans want to lift U.S. sanctions because they want to get involved in trade. They have nothing to trade, but the sanctions totally cripple and destroy them. The U.S. wants them to denuclearize. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, right? They have not denuclearized. So the, the, they have a dinner, does the president Kim Jong-un, and, and uh, dinner goes well. And then they, they uh, get to uh, the next day, and they're having a meeting, and they're having this back and forth. And President Trump says, all right, listen, this isn't going anywhere. Um, I'm out. And he gets on Air Force One, and he leaves. Not only does he get on Air Force One, he leaves. He leaves before lunch. The menu is already created. The menu's already printed. The food's already done. He leaves. So I don't want to get into the politics of whether or not we should be, uh, you know, getting involved with, with having meetings with Kim Jong-un, whether it's elevating him or, or things like that. That's, that's, that's for later. Is getting up and leaving, is that the power move or is that the sign of a guy who can't make the deal? No, he said sometimes you have to leave. You have to know when to leave the room, and he left. So you're okay with it? I'm okay with it. You think like it's totally fine that he leaves and no big deal? And I don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm okay with him walking out. Yeah, yeah but you're negotiating <laughs> with, with with a dictator who feeds his own people to dogs. I mean, we're doing that. So clearly, we're negotiating. But the question is, well, is it's a win lose win no win situation. That's better. I cannot. Yeah, that's, that's you meant it. It's a no-win situation. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that people are looking at it and saying that Trump did the right thing, and especially you know, his supporters. Trump did great. Trump did fantastic. This is exactly what he's supposed to do. You don't sit there and just take it. Of course you leave. I think the great American philosopher Kenny Rogers once said, you, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> right. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Uh, I don't have a problem with him walking away. I'm not sure that... <sighs> You know, there has been this argument that he is elevating Kim Jong-un by, by even talking to him. Uh, at some point, you, you got to ask yourself, we keep doing the same thing over and over again and not getting results if we, we should try something else. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with him talking to him. Walking away? Yeah, why not? Maybe, look, he's, uh, this is his way of negotiating. Uh, I, I don't know how you can uh, criticize him for speaking with him and then criticize him for walking away. It's, it just seems like it, it, no matter what he does, people want to uh, say what he's doing is wrong. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what you always say, Tony, is the first rule of Trumpism is Trump wins. Trump wins. First rule of Trumpism is always uh, that, 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 that Trump wins. Um, there is nothing wrong at all with walking out. As a matter of fact, if you can't walk out, if you can't say no, you have no negotiating leverage whatsoever. In the end, it doesn't matter what business you're in, doesn't matter what you do, the only real true negotiating power you have is saying no to the deal and leaving the deal and walking away from it. There's nothing wrong with walking away from a deal whatsoever. As I said, I didn't want to get into the politics of it, but allow me a touch. I would never have had the second meeting, and I didn't get enough out of Kim Jong-un to have the first meeting. I at least will accept the idea that nobody else was willing to have the meeting. And that's even untrue because it wasn't that Kim Jong-un wasn't willing to have the meeting. He's always been willing to have a meeting. He wants to be seen on that playing field, on, the, on that level as a world leader. 
I question whether or not it makes other nations really think that way. That's a that's a thought process that has been part of the of the foreign policy conversation for years. And I've accepted that thought process because I just want him gone. I wouldn't accept a meeting with Fidel Castro. I, I can't stand that we meet with the Chinese. You just have to. I mean, you don't have a choice there because of how things have, have developed. I would have wanted more out of him to have that first meeting. I certainly would not have accepted a second meeting when he did not complete a laundry list of things that were needed after the first meeting. But since the White House had so tamped down, right, what the expectations were, they, they basically, this went from, hey, we're having a second summit to really, guys, we're just getting together and uh, we're having chips and dip. Like, and we're going to play Pictionary, and it's going to be fine. Some guacamole. And, right? It's a little guacamole. <laughs> now, handmade. Handmade. We, we, we added our own cumin. That's I wonder if he likes uh, cilantro. Does a little you put cilantro likes... in your guacamole? Oh, yes. Yeah? Well, yeah, avocado, cilantro, onion. That's all you need. Do you not put cumin in? In my guacamole? No. What? I like a, mo- a more pure taste. I put fresh thyme in mine. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's delightful. You're the worst kind of person. Um... And that's what it really was. It was just like this little gathering. Hey, you're going to be in town. I'm going to be in town. We haven't seen each other since college. Let's have a drink. That's basically how they kind of made the meeting. So yeah, I, the problem that I have is that they brought down expectations and then walked out of the meeting that they brought the expectations down in. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it shows that Trump can't make a deal. I think that's one of the most ridiculous takes out there. Oh, it shows that Trump, he, he, he can't make deals. That's a, that is so silly. That is... How much do you hate that that's the place you go? It makes you wonder, too, if that was the plan going in. Which part? That he knew he was going to walk out. Oh, maybe. Before he even got there, he knew he was going to walk out early. It makes you wonder if if that was the plan all along. Well, I think that if if you've got a nation that says we we want to remove the sanctions, anything that you do in the middle is still destructive. If he starts removing sanctions without denuclearization, being proven, yeah, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be one of those guys. I'm one of those guys who absolutely loses his mind completely, without question. Now, we've got another bourbon to try. We've got another bourbon to try. Which one is this one? The Buffalo Trace. So this is the Buffalo Trace. Now, I think we have had this uh, before. And this is, again, neat. This is nowhere near as sweet as as the, the, the Knob Creek. Nowhere near as sweet. Okay, I'll go first. Hold on a second. Give it a little bit of nose. What do you, what do you, what do you smell? What do you feel? What do you know? What do you taste? What do you, what are you falling in love with? Well, it's not as strong not uh, as the other one on the nose. We might have, we might have gone the wrong direction. We might have, should have started with this one, maybe. Yeah. You go. You do the right, Kentucky Chew. She's about the to Kentucky do the... Chew is how you move it around your, your mouth to, to let it coat and let it get in there. It's also called the uh, Chattanooga Chomp. <laughs> it oh. is not. It, uh, it definitely does not... Okay, it's a little bit on the throat, a little bit of burning, but it's minimal and there's no burn. It's not as intense as the first one. No, not at all. Not at, not at all. This is much more coating of the tongue. Um, it's compared to the Knob Creek, it's a little like water. Did you just do a Kentucky Chew? I, well, I should have had some water. I should have cleansed the palate. I should have had a sorbet. Right. Tony. Uh, but that tastes like bourbon flavored water. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Right? <laughs> it, it's good. Uh, if, if you're a beginner, this is, this is solid. The Buffalo Trace is just fine. But in terms of complexity, no. I wouldn't say that that's there at all. And it could be that our taste buds are just screwed, right? Because we had uh, the Knob Creek, uh, what, what they make here for Shelly's back room, first, we kind of hosed ourselves uh, on the Buffalo Trace. This is not a knock of the Buffalo Trace. It's solid. It's good. Yeah. It's very simple. It's very one-dimensional. Uh, in there, I don't need a cube. No, I'm gonna do one, but I don't need yeah, one. I'll do one. But that is very, very one-dimensional. A touch of burn on the back of the throat. That's about it. But no intensity on the tongue. It does, however, coat. I would say in terms of just, it almost feels like it's a bit thicker uh, as, as it goes through. Mm. But that's 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 the Buffalo Trace right there. That coats the taste buds. The Knob Creek sears. <laughs> yeah. The taste buds. That's a solid way to put it. So that it just is, depends what your preference is in bourbon. I mean, that's, that's a solid bourbon. way to put it. Pain or no pain? It goes with everything. You can subscribe 
to eat, drink, smoke, and you should do so right now. It's Go to yes, uh, iTunes is where you do this. iTunes is where you do it, and you give us the five star review. April, tell them what they win if they give a five star review. You win a coaster. Now, you mock. You mock. We, we had these made up just to see. Tony had these made up, and he was so proud of them. I am so proud of them. He didn't even ask me. He just did this. Look at that. That is a world-class coaster right there. Can't get that at Spencer Gifts. Um, and we're, we're making some more that will have the Eat, Drink, Smoke logos as well. There will be better coasters. And, and we will send you a stack. What's wow. wrong with these? Wow. Holy crap. Wow. What's wrong with my coasters? Do you, wow. Should they be stone? Do we need stone coasters? They don't have the eat, drink, smoke on them. And our listeners are the eat, drink, smoke people. And for leaving reviews, we're we're going to get more. We're going to get you more. He's the host of the show. Tony Katz, have you met? (laughs) I've not met. You're the. I'm sorry. I I try so hard (laughs) to make everybody happy. Get colors. But you'll, we're gonna send you a whole bunch. We're gonna give everybody. We're gonna send you coasters for everybody. It 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 is. Make it rain. Yeah. Nothing says Christmas. Coasters. We're going to go pick those up as she drops them all over the floor. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Five-star review. Get that done. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tell me when you're ready. You're, you're ready. You ready? I'm ready if you're ready. Okay, hit go. I hit go five seconds ago. Oh, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy. Uh, and we are reviewing, oh, God, Shelly's back room. This is the legendary place, Shelly'sBackRoom.com. This is the Cigar Lounge of Washington, D.C. We're here for the Conservative Political Action Conference, and so we decided we need to skip out of that. We need to come to Shelly's, and uh, we're here. We're with some friends uh, enjoying some really interesting bourbons. The Buffalo Trace bourbon. Now, um, uh, forgive me. They, they didn't, I haven't seen the bottle yet, so I don't know any uh, of the specifics here. The Buffalo Trace is good. As we talked about, a, a touch thicker uh, uh, of a bourbon definitely coats the tongue. No burn, a, t- a tiny burn on the back uh, of the throat. I'd say this is a great bourbon just to keep uh, everybody you know could, could have and handle with, without a problem. Then Shelley's has uh, a barrel that they created from Knob Creek. And the Knob Creek at 120 proof, there is no burn on the back of the throat, Fingers Malloy, but man, does that sting. Right there in the, in the t- at the front of the, of the tongue, that hits you massive, but the flavor profile is terrific. Before I, I talk about the flavor profile, I want to say this again. I say this privately. Uh, I, I will say this publicly on the podcast here at Shelly's Backroom. Tony, this is a hell of a gig. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this, is, this is outstanding. We travel the country. We get paid to smoke cigars. And drink bourbon. And drink bourbon. And, uh, and the one thing that has come from, from this and, and coming out here, it's clear that we have to start doing this stuff with people. We got to start ha- making events out of this and going live and inviting people out mm-hmm. and doing a whole thing. And so, the people want it. And, and so get ready for that. I think that's going to be a late spring, early summer kind of thing that happens. Happen. And uh, I love a planning event, so. Yeah, so so get ready uh, uh, for that. Can we use so, Eventbrite? Can we use Eventbrite? <laughs> it's all ridiculous. <laughs> so we've got the Buffalo Trace and the Knob Creek. The Knob Creek at Shelley's Back Room. It has this very distinct maple flavor. It also has a touch of smoke underneath. Normally something I don't like in anything I'm drinking because I'm drinking it with a cigar and I don't want competing flavors. This is a very nice, uh, I want to say smoky, I almost want to say oaky uh, underneath finish to it with this very, very prominent kind of maple front. Stings the front of the tongue, nothing on the back of the throat. Um, not, Not for the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart. No, and I, I'm going to get in trouble, I can tell already this evening, because yeah. I, I had uh, one egg roll and a couple of wings, which they were both fantastic. Yeah, we had the food. We had the Tex-Mex egg rolls and the roasted wings here at Shelly's, which I love much more than a fried ring wing. It takes it takes care, right? And the, and the, the marinade on that, it, it certainly wasn't saucy or anything like that. It was much more, it almost felt like a dry rub. It was wonderful. Right. It, I usually like a breaded wing. Uh, but there Hooters. was a, there was a, a a crispness to this uh, wing that I wasn't expecting from from it being roasted. Right, fantastic. But uh, I'm on an empty stomach drinking this uh, this Knob Creek, which is 120 proof, and then uh, following it up. It'll with, be okay. You're a big boy with this Buffalo Trace that, like we said earlier, it it tastes like bourbon flavored water. I mean, it just is so smooth. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's easy. Hold on, drink this. Hold on, drink this right there. <laughs> let us 
for just handing it out to people. There you go. There you go, John. Uh, before we get into anything else, we're smoking as well, because it is Eat, Drink, Smoke. That, that, yeah, what's not to like, man? I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, we are, are pl- pleasured by... I'm, I'm not going to finish it. I'm not going to finish I gave it to you because I love you. That's what I did right there, uh, Mr. Brodigan, sir. Um, this is the My Father Le Bijou 1922. My father is, is uh, the cigar manufacturer known as, as, as Pepin. Peppy? Pepin, P-E-P-I-N. Um, you're talking about a great name in cigars, a great quality of, of cigars. So this is uh, a very full-bodied uh, cigar, right? This is a, a Habano Oscuro wrapper um, and a mix of a Nicaraguan uh, long filler. I love the Maduros. The Maduro is that dark wrapper. It's oily. This is not excessively oily, but you can see it. Even in the kind of low light that we've got, you can see the shine that's coming on there. And also notice how absolutely smooth that is. The construction, and construction matters, of the cigar is fantastic. We've all been kind of into it. The draw on this is perfect. Uh, the Pepin Blue is is another one, right? The, the uh, it, Not necessarily my father, but everything in this line I have always loved and always adored. This is a cigar that on the empty stomach is going to give you a buzz. And there are very few that I talk about like that. Right. And the other thing that I, I've enjoyed uh, about the cigar, and again, I'm a cigar novice, and I should be taking more notes as we go because we've, we've had so many fantastic cigars on the show. Uh, but to me, sometimes with some of the cigars that we've had, I've had a difficult time keeping it lit. This one, it has not been a problem. Now, is that because of the way it's wrapped, Tony? That uh, that it's easier to, to to keep lit. What what? Burning. Yeah, there there there's there's no doubt that that's true, right? So Burning construction well. to the cigar matters a great deal. Part of our problem it's because it's the occupational hazard. We're talking, we're sharing, we're into things, we're trying other things. You're also running the board and doing the tech side of what we're doing, and you're not as as focused. I find that burn issues sometimes come from the actual manufacturer of the cigar. Sometimes they're built wrong. If it's, if it's wrapped incorrectly, too tight or too loose, you get these weird kinds of, of plays. Also, the spinning of a cigar. Sorry. Uh, if you're not turning the cigar every now and again, you, uh, will, you will burn unevenly. That. Heat rises, and people forget all the time that it's rising on the cigar as well, so therefore it's going to change how, how it burns. And also... How you puff at it? Is it a long draw, or do you like to take two or three quick puffs? That will also affect how you smoke. I have always known about myself that I smoke a cigar faster than the people around me, even if I'm if if I'm talking, and it's because of how I smoke it. How I smoke it creates a it, it it's it's a little more puffing, it's a little more movement, it creates a touch of a of a hotter burn. If you if for for lack of a better word, a better term, there might be a way to describe that. Someone should tell me. Tell me on, like on Twitter at Tony Katz. Uh, if, if there's a way to describe it. Feel and the so, burn? Is that what? No, no, no it's not a burn. Did Bernie Sanders hire an illegal uh, immigrant to be his press secretary? That's what the internet is telling his campaign manager? Uh, uh, press press secretary. secretary. He's just going to punch you right in the face. There, his, uh, Bernie Sanders has decided, you think I was offensive in 2016? You have seen nothing Doing the yet. job that an um, American won't do. That's what <laughs> that is right there. I would be his press secretary. What? No, I would not. About, what well, I mean? would. I, uh, if the money's right, hey, if the check clears. And you he, know he's got all kinds of money. I'm sure he's paying them oh, well. three houses. He better have all kinds of money. <laughs> three houses. Man has never had an actual job. He has never signed the front of a paycheck. I don't, I don't care about That's your politics. All I'm saying is he has never signed a paycheck. He has never created a job. He has never created an ounce of wealth. Not an ounce of wealth in his life. Three houses. How the hell does that happen? Because the whole system is a grift. I'll, I'll say it Fingers over and over again. talking about grifters in oh D.C. Oh, my God. Have you noticed that? I have noticed He's that. He's great. He should write the book. Everybody's on the grift. It, the whole thing is the whole system's a grift. How can you be in Washington on a congressman's salary or senator's salary for, for six or, or ten years and then walk away a multimillionaire 15, with three, you know, oh, I, I've got a beach house uh, in Jersey. I've got a beach house in Florida. I've got beach houses everywhere on a congressman's salary. It, the whole thing's a grift. And then the people who are trying to lobby congress uh they're grifters too and they don't the issues don't get solved and then when something controversial happens and it doesn't go their way uh here come the fundraising emails there is a really cool piece of legislation 
uh, Senator Rick Scott, who's the former governor of Florida, and Senator Mike Braun, our senator from Indiana. They've got a piece of legislation out right now that says if you were a member of Congress, you can't go lobby. They're trying to put an end to this thing. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait to see that vote. Okay. And here's my problem. Wait, go ahead. I'm a senator. I leave office. I can't lobby, but can I own a lobbying firm where oh, can't I, do the I actual hire lobbying? people? Yeah, I can't do the actual lobby, but really I'm doing the lobbying. I just hire some people to do it for me. And I they know I'm fr- they're from my office. Right, so, so there's always listen. a workaround. Oh, Is this just a PR everybody's move? on the grift? It's April. the grift. It's the bill where you can't go work for uh, CNN or Fox News or MSNBC after you a- after public office. Yeah. You, you need a three year respite. Yes, you know you got to take some time off. Are we for that? No, I'm totally not, and I'm not even for this bill. I'm not. I get the point because I think it's more about kind of like like showing that it, it, it's it's ugly. It, it's it, it's an ugly, ugly thing going on. But no, I'm not going to tell people they can't get a job. I'm never in favor of that. So so I get the point, but I, I'd be opposed to it. It's I like a chicken no. in every pot. It's just it's just something that oh it, it it plays well for the voters, but at the end of the day, people are going to yeah, work around really, it. Well, it plays well because you get to say to your constituents, "Hey, I did put this bill out there." It didn't go anywhere, but you don't have to tell them that. You just, yeah, it's just the fact that you tried looks good for the people that vote for you. I, th- I think it does. I think a lot of people are exactly that it's way. It's optics. That's yeah, but, but optics matter it's, in politics. I just wouldn't vote for it because I think you're allowed to get a job. I, it, it's legal. It's legal to be a lobbyist. So so what's what's the issue? Now, if you voted for something that a lobbying firm pushed for and then go to work for that lobbying firm, oh, well, that's different. You know, then we're getting into an insider, levels of insider trader conversations, I think. And that could be interesting. But I'm not going to tell somebody they can't go get a job. But Bernie Sanders hiring an illegal immigrant is, is just too much for words. How much? I mean, it's just he wants to punch you in the face. Well, we've talked about this before, that there's going to be a battle for the heart and soul of the Democratic Party in these primaries. And they are going to try to out loony left each other they're going to keep going further and further to the left what's the what's the trump card to that it's like oh, oh okay you you hired an illegal uh an illegal immigrant for your press secretary job what's uh kamala harris gonna do what's uh, gotta go over the top gotta do right. something more i mean ai <laughs> ai press secretary <laughs> that's what's coming i have been asked by the way if 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 president trump called and said, I want you to be press secretary. I would be in D.C. before the phone call was over. Of course I'd do it. I'd last three days, but it would be the best three <laughs> days, and what a book it would make. The literal hour-by-hour TikTok, without question, that would be me. How could you not be press secretary? It, I mean, how could you not want that kind of, kind of gig? But hiring an illegal alien is the biggest, like, trolling. It's trolling the political right in, in the most brutal way. Speaking of trolling the right, um, Al Sharpton, who oh, I, I will admit I do not call Reverend Al because I don't believe he's a man of God. I will not have any part of that at all. He's on Morning Joe. Uh, it's the MSNBC Morning Show. Him, uh, Joe Scarborough, and, and his lover, Mika Brzezinski. You know, they're, they're married. They're lovers. They, ha- they have the intimates. They have the relations. I, I never think about anybody having relations with either of those people. Right, they do. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen a picture of uh, Mika? Micah? Mika? 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 Where uh, she's uh, on the, the table and she's got uh, the, the skirt and she's uh, got her leg up in the air. What in the, the leg chair? are you talking about? Oh, the, the, they had that promo f- uh, photo for a while where she's sitting on a, t- uh, uh, a table. I'll pull up the f- a photo. And, uh, no, she's maybe you don't have to. Not, uh, I'm not allowed to say Tom Brady is hot, but he's over here oogling over Mika. Uh, no, no, he's he's describing a photo that is, that's making yeah, everybody finds, sad. Um, Wait, do you find it attractive? attractive. That's why he's telling us this. That that photo, she's attractive. Let me see it. Let me see the photo. I'll see it. Maybe if there was a photo of Tom Brady on a table with his leg up in the air, we would find is. that attractive. I'm going to find it. You're the worst. So uh, with the Uggs uh, on his feet. So you're, as you as you search for the photo, which you clearly have saved in your uh, in your cloud, uh, Sharpton is on. Uh, the show, and he's talking about Trump, and they're talking about the whole Michael Cohen hearing, and he says, Trump is obsessed with race. 
Spike Lee makes an acceptance speech and says, do the right thing in 2020. Trump hears race. He didn't even mention race. But when you're so obsessed with race that anybody that is black or brown talks oh at all, God. you see race. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, no. That's not bad. That is a sexist photo. There is, there is the picture, and it's Joe Scarborough sitting in a chair, and uh, legs crossed, smiling at the camera. And then there's Mika Brzezinski basically in like, like doing a crab walk. Right leg down, hands behind her, left leg in the air, no, no, in a skirt. That ain't bad, Tony. All right, Come on now. That's her right there. I'm pretty there. objectionable when it comes to uh, the attractiveness of women. And Wait, objectionable. You, objective. <laughs> objectionable? How many? The picture is objectionable. You are objective in your photos. Hold, in the today. microphone. I swear, I'm, I'm sober. Um, no, That's why you can't talk. Her... Her legs are nice. She's got nice legs and nice arms. Just don't look at her face. Her body. Are you saying fine. she's a butterface? Is that what you just said? Is that what you just said? And, and then the picture. First time I ever heard that expression, I was like, "What are you talking about?" And butterface. By the way, I, I am surprised that that hasn't been described as one of the most sexist terms out there. I don't know, you know what it means. Butterface. She's really attractive. Butterface. <laughs> you never. Heard I know. That. I, I'm not. Nobody you, would ever say that giggling. about me, so I've never heard that. Fingers are always giggling like a child. Like the kid who farted it's like in it's, church. It's like a Monet. She's um, good from, from far. far away, but yeah. up close. She's it's a hot, hot mess. mess. That's, that's, nice. a, that's a clueless line. That is good on you. That is a clueless line. That good. You you are Stacy Dash. Look at the look at the smirk on Joe Scarborough's face. That's that's not a smirk. He he. He's very, like I'm banging her. No, he does. He looks like he's holding one in. That's gas. Just so we're clear. Can we get back to Al Sharpton talking about race? <laughs> look up the picture. Al Sharpton said of of Spike Lee makes an acceptance speech and says do the right thing in 2020 Trump hears race did Al Sharpton not hear the whole thing before about Black History Month that was the whole conversation of, of Spike Lee's speech at the Oscars best screenplay winner that was the whole point the whole thing was about race the whole thing was about slavery the whole thing was about uh, how his, his mother his grandmother overcame and his mother overcame right I didn't actually mind that part of it but that he tied it to Trump is what made it ridiculous and nonsensical right so if you're if you're talking about how your grandmother or your mother saved social security checks to put you through NYU uh, film school dude that's a great story I didn't know that that's a great, great story to think that someone did that for you. To give your, to give your little baby, oh, what did he say? His grandmother called, her, called him Spiky Poo? To give your Spiky Poo a chance? I think that's fantastic. You bring Trump in, you freaking ruin it. Well, this is where we are in 2019. You had Robert Kraft get uh, arrested for soliciting a, a prostitute. And I saw more than one piece talking about his arrest and bringing Donald Trump into the piece. Like, well, you know, he's a close friend of Donald Trump. Right. Like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? But that's where we are in 2019. You, you have to have an opinion on Trump. you got to have a take on Trump. And you have to somehow tie any kind of story uh, that may tie into Trump it, to make Trump look negative. Yeah. That has to be done in 2019. And that's, and that's the part that's boring. It just makes people go, ugh. Oh, but uh, Al Sharpton is as wrong as wrong can be. You can't sit here and tell us that that uh, he, Trump is obsessed with with race when Spike Lee brought up race, right? You you can't do it. What was the other uh, uh, part of it? Um, and he said that Spike Lee didn't even mention race. But he goes, but when you're uh, so obsessed with race that anybody that is black or brown talks at all, you see race. Who is more obsessed with race than the race hustler Al Sharpton? Except for his mentor, Jesse Jackson, the ultimate race hustler. The who, ultimate hustler. Who both of these individuals at one point were happy to take photos with Donald Trump before he became president of the United States, before he was a candidate for right. president of the oh, United absolutely States. absolutely true. Uh, so if he was such a filthy racist, why on earth would you even want to be seen with him in photos? Right, if he was a racist, we would have known that. They would have all known that 30 years ago when they were friends with him. Yeah. 30? 10? I'm just saying, for the past several decades, Phone, er, er, people... Put the microphone in front of your face, kid. <laughs> I don't microphone. know why you guys are making me hold my own microphone. Because we traveled. Gosh. We're in D.C., Shelly's back this room. This is so first world problems. By the way, can we discuss the fact that it's Shelly's back room, and this is an institution, and we're here, and drinking bourbon, and smoking by what is an excellent 
cigar. This is the My Father Le Bijou 1922. Best gig in media right uh, here. This cigar is terrific. Now, this is not the full-on flavor profile, let's say the Royal Salamonis, which, which we had. But this is a cigar that you take your time with. This is a cigar, and certainly not for the first-time cigar smoker, but this is, what I, this is what I think of when I think of a cigar. Forgive me if you mentioned this earlier, and maybe you don't have the answer to this question, but how much is this a stick, roughly? I, that, it was about I 15 know. I just looked it up. $15 a stick. I, I, well bad. worth it. Right. Well worth it. Um, Don Pepin. And I found that it started pretty heavy and strong. And now, as I'm into the past second third, second third, you know, we you like to break it up into thirds. The second third is so smooth. Yep, because you're there, your tongue is there, mm-hmm. and everything has worked. Remember, smoking is not you're not inhaling, you're toasting the palate, and it's it's the entirety it's like of the mouth. Kentucky chew, right? It's it's very much so. You know, you can think of it that way. No, I'm not joking. Don't joke. You're thinking of the Kentucky chew. You're dead on right there. That was very good, April D. Gregory. That's absolutely how you should think of it. The what? Chattanooga chunk. Hold Chunk's on a second. I just complimented chunk. her, and she's like all over me. All over me. No, I'm just sitting here silently glad that you're finally complimenting me. Okay, this is how oh, right. <laughs> Are you about to burn a bridge? It's going down. You've been wanting to burn bridges it's all weekend. Going, it's, it's going down. <laughs> do you think I don't compliment you? Yes, you do, but I just like, I like savoring the moment when you say you're absolutely right. I just was savoring the moment. Oh, Okay, so so when I uh, and so it's I, on record, so I'm just gonna play sound clips. So when did when did you two pull out the put clip. it on a loop? And she goes to bed, put the phone under her pillow. <laughs> when did you two get married? <laughs> Why don't you say nice things about me anymore? You never compliment me. You never take me anywhere. <laughs> you never, never say I'm nice beautiful things. anymore. <laughs> I, see, I, April and I have a, we have a business relationship. But we have a, it's, it's not a complicated relationship. It's, it's, uh, I just, like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get you. I, I, I adore you. I love what we do, the work that we do together. But like, sometimes you'll like, you'll like throw shade for, for no reason. Like we'll be, we'll be sitting at, at a blend or a place like this and, and everything's going fine. And you just turn to me and go, bitch. It's like, Why? What what happened? I think, Show me on the doll where they hurt you. <laughs> I think for this uh, episode, we need to uh, make a photo where you guys pose, like uh, Mika and Joe, uh, for specifically for this episode. That has to happen. <laughs> that has to happen. You know it does. People are screaming out that they want to see it. No, I have to totally have to be on the table. One hundred percent, I have to play the part of Mika. That's totally true. I do have on leather pants, so. Of course you do, of course you do. What else could you wear to Shelly? Make this happen. So listen, first things first. The cigar is fantastic, so go and and enjoy it. The bourbon. Uh, so you're not going to find this Knob Creek everywhere. You're only going to find it at Shelly's uh, back room, right? Because they did their own. They made their own here. And this seems like a thing with Knob Creek, too. Because doesn't Blend also have their Blend own? Blend did theirs with Maker's Mark. Oh, Maker's so Mark. So you okay. can go down and do this with a lot of people and, and get your own barrel. Do your own, it's, it's not cheap, but you can totally do your own barrel. And I think it's great because everybody has their own flavor profiles, the things that interest them and move them. And I, and I, and I love that. Um, I would argue that with this cigar... The Buffalo Trace might be a better pairing. However, the Knob Creek, it, it, it's, not, it's not overpowering. It's just a much stronger, stronger bourbon. The food at Shelley's is terrific. If you're in D.C., you have to come check out Shelley's Back Room. This is the institution of a place. And you have to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Right, we have got coasters and more coming. We're going to be sending to you when you subscribe. April is taking care of that. I don't even know how that works, but April D. Gregory is going to make that happen. She's got like ten thousand coasters yeah, how, in her house. Now, how does that work for people? They, they leave a review, April, and then do they contact uh, the Eat, Drink, Smoke page uh, through Facebook to let people let you know that? Well, I'll just have people email me uh, directly through the Tony Katz website or whatever. We'll okay. let you know. But so we got to just set this up. Right. So we'll let you know next week. You yeah, leave the cool. review. Absolutely. I'm telling the people. They leave the review and, and next you week we'll tell them how to email me. You get a gift. And you'll get a gift. You'll, you will get a, a, a bunch of coasters and then you will get a signed photo of uh, myself in April in, in, in doing, doing the pose. Doing the, that's got to happen. I mean, that's totally got to happen. 
without question. But leave the five-star review. It's unbelievably helpful. The podcast is growing great and continues uh, to grow. Find Fingers Malloy on Facebook, Fingers Malloy Radio. Uh, and, of course, check out his podcast, The Snark Factor, and Enough Already. April D. Gregory on Twitter, twitter.com slash April D. Gregory. The uh, Smart Girl Politics podcast we can get at ricochet.com. And, of course, everything I do is at tonycats.com. Twitter, Tony Katz. Instagram, Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like that page. And thank you to Bob and everybody here at Shelly's Back Room who set us up and hooked us up. And this has been spectacular. If you want us to come to your town, we're happy to come. Uh, let's 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 find the local cigar place and let's make that happen. And yeah, uh, late spring, early summer, it's going to be a live show. We're going to do a live thing, and really, really and truly looking forward to it. Fingers Malloy, April D. Gregory. I'm Tony Katz. This is Eat Drink Smoke.